Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. This is episode 20 of The Quiet Part Loud. And if it's your first time tuning in, welcome. And if it's not, welcome back. Loving your guys' support. Thanks for listening. And uh, today is Friday. Weekend's here. Sun is out. London's looking beautiful. And we are preparing for a couple of things to hit us this weekend. One, the mini beast from the east, which is supposed to dump some more snow on us. So that'll be fun if and when that occurs. Uh, But for right now, the sun is shining and we're looking forward to the weekend. Got some stuff to do. Uh, It's going to be a busy old weekend. Um, But the reason for the show today is to break down UFC Fight Night London, which is, I believe, the 15th show that the UFC has hosted in the UK. Um, And I was looking at the fight card a little bit uh, to give you guys an overview on what's coming up and what you can expect, because I love the UFC, as you guys know, and it's still growing in this country more and more, kind of each event, but... You know, any additional attention that we can bring to the sport here uh, is always something that we like to do because it's a fascinating, uh, fascinating game, fascinating sport, fascinating art. And uh, for the for those of you that know me, know I'm a huge fan um, and I always kind of proselytize the the, the sport to to the uninitiated. So um, what we're going to do as it's on kind of home soil is break down. Uh, the main event, uh, the well, the main card, I should say. Uh, looking at the looking at the the roster of fights we've got this weekend. You know, not it's not going to blow anybody's minds, but uh, but there's a couple a couple good fights on there, and uh, and a couple guys to look out for. And we've only got a short amount of time today, but I wanted to make sure we got one of these out uh, just to kind of cover what's going to be happening and. You know, give you my thoughts on on what I think the outcomes are going to be, who to keep an eye on, uh, and all of that good stuff. So uh, we'll see how long it goes today. We'll see how long it goes today. We are a bit crunched for time, but we're not rushing. We're going to go through it and, uh, and and give you guys some picks. So uh, let, let's see what we've got going on, right? So we've got, <coughs> pardon me. So this is on BT Sport for those of you in the UK uh, that uh, that aren't aware. Uh, you can get that through the BT Sport uh, internet, obviously. Uh, but you can also get it if you're a Sky member. You just have to get a, a separate subscription. I actually canceled my Sky Sports because I don't really watch too many UK sports. Uh, and I opted to get the BT Sport package added on, which gives me you know a good, a good amount of... Um, North American sports, the big four sports, but I generally just watch it for the UFC and maybe a little bit of basketball from time to time, although that's getting more and more difficult to watch these days. So um, so let's, let's look at what we've got. So straight off the bat, just looking at the UFC website, I mean, they, they did this. I touched on this when we covered the Cyborg uh, Kuniskaya fight. And the fact that, you know, that was a main event and the week of the fight, they still had a silhouette instead of a, instead of a fighter image. Well, 
to a lesser degree, but still part of the same problem, is looking at the UFC website, the UK version of it, obviously, but it doesn't doesn't really matter. That's just territorial. Um, looking at the website for this fight card, if I look at the prelims, the BT Sport prelims and the UFC Fight Pass uh, prelims, there are one, two, three, four, five. So there's eight matchups in the prelims, including the, the, the fight pass prelims. There's eight fights uh, before we get to the main card. And five of those on the website right now, and we're a day away from the fight, five of those matchups have silhouettes instead of profile images. How are you expecting to truly grow a sport long-term if you only focus on the kids you think are going to be superstars? You have to let us know who these guys are fighting. You've got to let us know who these guys are. Um, apologies to those fighters that don't have their profile. I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm apologizing for. I just feel bad for them. Um, but for sure, get your management to be checking these things and to be having a word, you know, because they could grab... I said before, they could just grab something off the internet, grab something off Instagram, stick it in there as a placeholder until you, you know, until you can get these guys in front of a UFC photographer and take two photos. Need a full length, full body shot. We need a profile headshot. That's it. There's no excuse for this. You guys want to be considered a legitimate sport and a legitimate organization for sure have a fucking profile picture for everybody fighting on the night. You know? Just seems real amateur hour for this to be a thing. And it's not a one-off. You know, I've given you two examples in the past three weeks. But anyways, for sure deal with it, UFC. And also fighters management and team. For sure address this. Um... I'm not going to go through the eight prelim matchups. We're just going to go and we're going to cover uh, the main card. And the, on, the, on the main card, there's four matchups. Uh, the first matchup is between Leon Edwards and Peter Sabata. So number 15 versus unranked is your... Um, is your kickoff fight on the main card. So we effectively have um, Stryker and Leon Edwards, who's the number 15 ranked welterweight. Uh, I believe this is a 170 fight. Uh, let me just check. So I'm giving you, a, yeah, it's a 170 fight. So we got welterweight matchup to start. Peter Sabata. Um, what are we looking at? Yeah, we're looking at, yeah, okay, fine. So so we're looking at striker versus striker here. Um, Stand-up matchup, predominantly looking at that. Uh, you've got Leon Edwards, who fights out of Birmingham, England. So he's, uh, he's a Jamaican, Jamaican kid who uh, fights out of Birmingham. So he'll get the fan support behind him. And just going to give you a bit about his record and, and let you know what kind of what kind of uh, fighter this guy is. So he's on a four fight win streak is Leon Edwards and he's beaten some some decent some decent opponents. Um, he 
He submitted Albert Tumanov by submission, third round submission uh, last year, or sorry, 2016 that was. And then since has had two fights in 17 against uh, Vicente uh, Luque and Brian Barberina. So, you know, not not shithead fights, um, not not kind of, uh, you know, don't have to train fights, but there, I guess there are no, you don't have to train fights in the UFC, but you know what I mean. Uh, Brian Barberina, that was a unanimous decision, so was his previous win. So a couple decisions, probably looking to have more of a, uh, more of an impactful performance this time round, uh, especially since he's on home soil. So look for aggression, look for, you know, look for some pressure being put on there. Uh, but more impressive uh, is, is his career overall, because in the last three years, the only guy he's ever lost to is uh, Kamaro Usman. And if you know who Kamaro Usman is, uh, you know, you can take an L on your record with a, with, from a guy like that. You know, Kamar Usman is being touted around as the next thing, the, the updated version of GSP in the welterweight division. You know, savage wrestler. His last performance wasn't the greatest. And, you know, he made that throwaway comment saying that he was, uh, that that was 30% or something like that. Dana White got all pissed off um, saying it wasn't an impressive performance. So he shouldn't be boasting about, you know, only using 30% effort. And then he clarified his remarks. Kamaru Usman did saying, no, he was ill or he had a virus or something. And he was only at 30% capacity. Again, I commented on this in a previous show. And I think I'm just going to go ahead and continue to call bullshit on that. Um, it wasn't a resounding performance. And I think you're going to find a lot of people looking at being less nervous to take a matchup with Kamaru Usman going forward. Um, but going back to the fighter that's on the card this weekend, Leon Edwards's you know last loss was to Kamaru Usman, and it was a um, unanimous a unanimous decision loss. But if I remember the fight, he did get he did get lit up a bit um, in that fight. But nevertheless, four wins in a row coming into this fight and. I would say, you know, he's a striker. He's a predominantly a striker. He's six foot. He's, he's a young guy. He's got a decent reach. Um, and I would expect a good performance, you know, out of him on a hometown card or on a home soil card. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. He's, I mean, he's hot. He's got some momentum behind him. So there's no reason to think otherwise. And he's fighting Peter Sabata, who, you know, is a tough Polish fighter, but you know, he's a, you know, when one of the attributes on his profile is big heart, you can kind of, you can kind of see where, where that might be going. But again, still not, not a bad record. Um, what is he? 17 and five, 17, five and one. Uh, he's coming off of two wins against Ben Saunders, who he uh, got a stoppage victory and he for all intents and purposes looking at the strike differential in that fight it wasn't even close I don't remember the fight off the top of my head um but then he fought Nicholas Dalby I don't know much about Nicholas Dalby uh then he lost to Kyle Noak uh but I mean we're going back to 2015 so decision unanimous decision win and second round KO TKO of Ben Saunders, which was May of last year. So he's had some time off. 
you know, he's got good takedown defense, pretty good striking defense. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I, I mean, personally, I think I think everything is going right and kind of pointing in the right direction for for Leon Edwards to have to have a very good performance. He's a very athletic kid. Uh, not to take anything away from from Peter Sabata, but I just think that you know he's young. This kid's young. He's got some momentum behind him. He's going to be better than he was last time. You hope. And, uh, and he's a, kind of an exciting striker. So let's see. Let's see. Um, I'm going to go with Leon Edwards. I just think that, you know, on his home soil, his youth, his momentum behind him, um, he's got okay takedown defense. I don't really see it being something like that, but you never know. Um, unless he gets start, starts getting lit up, then Sabata probably, probably try to get that to the ground a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with Leon Edwards' second round TKO um, on... Peter Sabata to start the fight night um, main card off. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So I really like the kid in the next fight, um, Duke Hanoi. Um, I think that's how you say it. Duke Hanoi? Yeah, Duke Hanoi. Um, Tom from France, fire kid, very athletic, super, uh, super aggressive, super high paced. Um, 15 and 2 record. Yeah, fighting out of France. He's fighting. Uh, Tarion Ware. Tarion Ware uh, lost to uh, what's his face, Sean O'Malley, who um, who fought on the card last time. Uh, he got the victory. I, I mean, I'm short on the matchups, but you know, he he kind of launched himself into stardom and and got on everybody's radar uh, in his last win. Tarion Ware lost to him. I think either his last fight. I'll check in a minute. Either his last fight or the fight previous to that. I think that was on the um, the tough finale. Again, let me check. Uh, but first, Tom Dukenoy, um, out of France. Very kind of prototypical new MMA style fighter, right? Think Israel Adesanya. Think, um, what was the kid's name? Alexander. Uh, he fought on the last card and murked Benil Dariush in about fucking 10 seconds. Um you know, he's more of this kind of athletic. He's like, he's like a better version of Sage Northcutt, really. Um, however, he did lose his last fight, split decision loss against uh, Cody Stammen, uh, but he beat Patrick Williams in his first appearance in the UFC, uh, which was April of last year. So he had two fights last year, one and one coming into this. Uh, but if you've never seen this kid fight, he's really exciting. And, you know, he's one of those kids that's, he's like Jean-Claude Van Damme right back in the movies. He's very, very agile, very, very, uh, he's got great dexterity in his legs. And, you know, he's, he's pop, pop, you know, he's, he's high, low, high, low kick punch. He's, you know, he's, he's very explosive, very athletic, got great cardio. Um, and I think if this kid can put a string together, uh, he could be he could be really really good. He's super exciting to watch, and uh, and definitely the type of fighter that is what kind of new MMA is. He's he's one of those guys that can do everything very very well. Super athletic, and 
I just think, yeah, he's when he finishes and when he wins, he wins quick, and he wins in the first round. I think he's got, yeah, he's got five finishes in the first round. He's got eight wins by TKO, four by submission. So you know what I mean? Like he can do everything. Um, he's kind of like a babyface killer type of uh, type of guy. Um, but just looking at his stats in the bio, he's eleven and one in his last thirteen fights. Uh, before kind of coming into the UFC. So it tells you <coughs> the kid's got skill, the kid's got confidence, the kid's got talent. It's just putting it together now that he's on the big stage. And, you know, again, he's got he's got the opportunity to build a following in Europe even more so than he does now. You know, we're, we're a stone's throw away from his home country. I think he trains in, in, in America, but, uh, but I could be wrong about that. I'm sure it's in here somewhere. Uh, he, yeah, he was a world champion in Bama, uh, featherweight and bantamweight. This kid's good, man. This kid's good. Um, I don't think he's on a ton of people's radar yet, but Tom Dukanoy, um, he's a babyface assassin, man, for sure. 15-2, and two, one no contest coming in, um, and I like him. He's fighting Tarion Ware on the card in London. And like I said, Tarion Ware lost to... Um, uh, Sean O'Malley. That's kind of what I know about Tarion. Uh, but just looking back, uh, boxing style is kind of his summary. He's 17 and 7. He's lost two in a row since being in the UFC. He lost also to Cody Stammen, who, um, who Tom uh, Dukanoy lost to as well. Um, and then, like I said, he lost a decision unanimous to Sean O'Malley on the Ultimate Fighter finale. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, that was uh, I, wa- I I remember watching that fight not too uh, not too long ago. And Tarion came with it, but ultimately, you know, really started getting lit up in that. I haven't seen the fight with Cody Stammen, or if I well, I have because I definitely watched. Uh, Romero versus Whitaker, but I don't remember it. So apologies for that. However, just to give you a quick rundown on him, um, because he hasn't won since he's been in the UFC. Uh, his last fight, um, he knocked out a guy in a rematch fight, Jared uh, Papazian. So before coming into the UFC, he'd won his last four. So four of the last six He's won, so four and two in his last six. He's got six wins by KO, three by submission. Um, but I don't know the level of competition this guy has been fighting before he got into before he got into the UFC. But you know, Cody Stammen's good. He's on a bit of a run right now. Um, obviously, Sean O'Malley. Um, we know about him. We know his stars is starting to shine kind of bright from the UFC's perspective. And I think they're going to start throwing some marketing dollars behind him. But I don't know the level of competition this guy's been fighting. He, all I know is that he is 0-2 in the UFC. So maybe one of those things where it's just, you know, he might just not be at that level. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. If he can put on a good show and do some work against uh, Dukenoy, uh, Dukenois, then obviously that's going to be great for him. That's going to be great for him. Um, but 
yet to be seen, really. He's an active guy. He, he puts the pace on. Uh, you know, he's a good, well-rounded fighter. But I just don't know if he's at the level of these other guys. And Tom Dukenois is definitely on the level, in my opinion. So Terrian Ware is going to have to be on his bike tonight. He's going to have to be moving. Um, and his cardio better be in check. So I don't know what he got here. I don't know if he's been, uh, if he's gotten over the jet lag or if he has any at all, um, what that's done. Obviously flying can take a toll on you. And depending on where uh, Duke and Moss come from, you know, that could have a, a little bit of effect. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm, I am absolutely going with um, Tom Duke and Moss, if you haven't guessed by now. Uh, and I'm going to say, hmm. I want to say submission. I don't know why. I want to say submission. Let's see. Um, I am going to go with... I'm going to go with Tom Ducamois by... Second round submission. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> Who cares? Right? Um, either way... Tom Ducamois gets the win on that one for me. And just like that, we're in the co-main event. <laughs> just like that, we're in the co-main event. Obviously, we didn't co cover the prelims because there's no fucking point. If, there, if somebody stands out on the prelims, then fantastic. But I can't comment on it when I can't see five of the fighters. You know, I'm just not going to go into it. If they don't want to put the work in, why the fuck should I? Um, sorry, guys, who are on the prelims. We'll, we'll catch you on the flip side with that. However... That's why I said this card is kind of underwhelming. Um, we're at the co-main event, and we've got Jimmy Manoa versus Yan uh, Blakovich or Blakovich. Um, so USA versus Poland, and this is a rematch of a fight that happened a couple of years ago when uh, Jimmy Manoa won. I think he won by decision. I'll check the. I'll check the. Check the historicals in a, in a minute. Uh, but I believe Jimmy Manoa, I think it's his only decision ever in his career. Um, he got the W, uh, but it's the only it's the only fight that's gone to a decision in his career. Because Jimmy Manoa, um, again, for those who haven't seen him fight, and I don't know what you're listening to this episode for, if you, you know, if you haven't heard of Jimmy Manoa or seen him fight before, you probably probably a bit lost um, but if you're still listening and you haven't seen Jimmy Manoa fight it goes generally one of two ways for Jimmy either he knocks somebody's head off or his head is getting knocked off either he's turning someone's lights out or he's getting his lights turned out one or the other and uh, there's no kind of middle ground but Jimmy Manoa is 17 and 3 and he's the fourth ranked um, light heavyweight in the world Jan Blakovich um, or Blakovich um, I'll give you both versions throughout this breakdown. Um, Jimmy Manoa was number four, and uh, I think Blakovich is 11. So, you know, some implications there. We'll see. But this is, like I said, this is a rematch. Um, this was, the rematch was in 2015, so three years ago. And, and like I said, um, He got a unanimous decision win off of that. But Jimmy Manoa is no fucking joke, okay? Jimmy Manoa is is a bad motherfucker. And Jimmy Manoa has knocked out some 
some bad motherfuckers, right? He, I mean, we're going way back, right? But this Kyle Kingsbury days, Kyle Kingsbury's working for On It now. He's like a nutrition expert. Um, but, you know, KO of, of, um, of Kyle Kingsbury, KO, uh, or sorry, Dr. Stoppage uh, uh, on the Kingsbury fight and Dr. Stoppage on the Cyril Diabody fight. Um, <coughs> KO Jimmo, Ryan Jimmo. Uh, then he lost to Alexander Gustafson. Uh, by KO. Um, then he beat the guy he's fighting on Saturday, uh, Jan Blakovich, uh, by unanimous decision win. Then he lost to Anthony Johnson, right? Obviously, second round. I mean, that was that was pretty brutal. Um, but then he got performance of the night when he KO'd Ovin St. Preux in nasty, nasty fashion. And he slept Corey Anderson in the first round uh, last March, you know, so after that, he lost to Volkan Ozdemir, who actually absolutely got torn to bits by Cormier. But look at his record. Look at his record. The only guys he's lost to are Gustafson, who, you know, you can basically throw him as the number one, you know, he's potentially champ for a while if, John Jones isn't an MMA, right? He's he's like right there. It's basically John Jones in the 205 division is John Jones, then a huge fucking gap, and then Daniel Cormier, Alexander Gustafson, and obviously Rumble Johnson when he was fighting. And if you haven't seen Rumble Johnson now, fucking check his Instagram because he's working on um, bodybuilding. He is enormous. Um, so John Jones, huge gap, huge gap. Then you've got Gustafson and DC. And then you've got eight, you know, rumble if he's in there, but then you've got a huge gap. And then you've got Ozdemir, Manoa, guys like this, right? Because the gap between John Jones, who we don't need to talk about, and the current champ, Daniel Cormier, is obvious. Now, you can put that down to steroid use or whatever. Um, say what you like. Either way, you cannot deny the fact that John Jones is a savant and an absolute savage in, a, in MMA. I mean, most talented, most capable fighter of all time. Right? Has to be. I mean, we can talk DJ, but, you know, um, that debate is for a separate conversation, a separate time. What I'm saying is the disparity of talent between the top out there and then the ones that are currently the top in the division is staggering enough. The gap between those top two and everybody else in that division is quite staggering in of itself. So it seems to me that Jimmy's just never been able to do that one little bit extra, right? Because he's he's fallen down with Anthony Johnson, he's fallen down with Gustafson, and in, in his last fight, he got murked by Ozdemir, um, who is a very, very, very talented fighter who just ran into one of the greatest fighters of all time that made him look real basic, but 
anybody fighting Daniel Cormier that isn't named John Jones is gonna is gonna get to mate is gonna get made to look basic, and that's what happened to Ozdemir when he fought DC, and that's what happens basically when everybody fights DC. Um, but Jimmy got murked by him, right? So there's that gap there, and I don't know I don't know where Jimmy is in terms of his career, but I mean there's no reason to think he's gonna you know, pack it in, except for the fact that he's 38 years old. Um, but we're going to have to see how this fight goes. <coughs> we know how the last fight went, but that was three years ago. And he's fighting the number 11. So guys stuck around, you know, um, in Yan Blakovic, uh, Blakovic, Blakovic, uh, Blakovic, uh, you know, he stuck around. He's currently ranked 11th. He's very well-rounded. He's younger than Manawa. He's Polish. Let that speak for itself because it just seems like these Eastern Europeans are, and these, you know, Russians and the people around that area, Dagestan, they're just a different type of person. So you can never count these guys out. Um, He's a little bit younger. Like I said, he's coming off of back-to-back -back wins. Decision win, unanimous decision win over uh, Jared Cannonier, um, And a submission win over Devin Clark. And I believe that was the one where he choked him out. Is that the one? No, it's a different guy, right? Um, God, how did that fight end? Was it neck crank? I gotta check. Let me just have a quick look here. Yeah, he choked him out. Yeah, he choked him out. He got performance of the night for that. I don't want to sit here and play the video for you guys, but it's up and it's available. So if you want to check it out, uh, check it out. That's what I'm saying. Like, like again, he lost to Gustafson two years ago. And then he lost to Patrick Cummings, but he lost a decision to Patrick Cummings. And I don't remember that fight off the top of my head, but it was on the Cormier... Um, AJ2 fight. <coughs> but since then, he's won two in a row, and he's coming into this with a bit of momentum. He he would like to probably get a, um, get a stoppage of some sort. But, I mean, I could break this down. I mean, we could go into it, and I could give you some analysis on it. But at the end of the day, I think it really comes down to Will Jimmy Manoa connect with a flush shot in the first round or not? And if he doesn't, will he do it in the second? And if he doesn't, will his cardio hold up so he can do it in the third? All I know is Blakovich has some first round finishes. He can get it done. He cranked the fucking neck off this other guy. If it's the fight I'm thinking of, 
he just ripped the guy's fucking neck, like choked him out that way. I can't remember though. Uh, sorry guys. Um, should have checked it out beforehand. Um, he's won nine of his last 13. Four of those were before the UFC. Um, he's a good fighter and he's around, you know, he's 11. This could mean a lot to him beating a number four guy. So he's got a performance of the night bonus. He's, you know, he's got some first round finishes. He's good on the ground. He's got good striking. Um, it's just going to be a matter of will Jimmy Manoa do what Jimmy Manoa does and sleep him. I am going to say that Jimmy is going to knock him out. And I think it might be quick. He's not going to want a decision like he did in the last fight. He's not going to want a boring performance. He's in his hometown. He lives in London. I think this is this card is in London, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's London for sure. Uh, so I just, I can't bet against Jimmy. I can't bet against him. Not under the circumstances. We will see. We will see. But I got Jimmy Manoa by first round KO. I don't think he's going to want any sort of repeat performance from his rematch with this guy before. And again, I haven't seen any analysis on this yet, guys. I haven't looked at anything. So I'm just kind of going off the cuff, um, spewing some bullshit at you. Uh, take it for what it's worth. We'll see what happens, right? That's the fun of the fight game. Um, so Jimmy Manoa by first round KO. I got Duke Enois by second round submission. And I got Leon Edwards by second round TKO. So I'm I'm gearing this fucking card to be a banger. So let's see, let's see if I'm uh, if I'm overhyping it, right? But moving swiftly on to the main event of the evening between Fabricio Verdum and Alexander Volkov. Volkov, number three versus number eight. Right, so two kind of ends of the spectrum with the main event in terms of the fact that you've got one guy that's relatively new to the UFC anyways, um, and then you've just got an absolute veteran who has been doing it since the pride days in Fabricio uh, Verdum. So let's go with Drago first, number eight ranked heavyweight um, from Russia, hence the name Drago as a nickname. Uh, he's 29, man, and he's 3-0 in the UFC, beating Timothy Johnson, Roy Nelson, and folding up Stefan Struve in a fight of the night, third round KO, September of last year, right? So that pretty, pretty much marked him on the radar. Although, you know, we're talking heavyweight division, so we're not going deep. And when you get a guy who is on the young side of 30, who's starting to make a couple of waves, people start to pay attention. And the fight with Struve really, really put him on really put him on the map for a lot of people. Um, if you haven't watched that fight, go back and watch that fight. It's uh, it's quite fun. But, you know, Stefan Struve is, is a victim of his own height. 
I guess is a is a way of saying it because he doesn't have a fucking jab. The guy's seven foot tall and he doesn't have a jab. He barely uses a T kick. Straight up the middle, front kick, doesn't use it, barely ever. Straight jab, staying behind his jab, barely uses it ever. Alexander Volkov, however, does. Uses his size really well, is a long striker. He's basically, he's an all-rounder, I guess, but you know, you're gonna see more of his striking and then obviously he's long. Um, how tall is he? Six, seven. Big old boy, right? 250 pounds or 113 kilos for those of you who go with that system. He's got an 80 inch reach and he uses it. And if he can stay behind that jab tonight, or sorry, tomorrow, he could be in good shape. However, he can't let Verdun get a hold of him. Because if Verdum gets him to the ground, I don't care if jiu-jitsu's on his resume or not. Fabricio Verdum is another level. Complete another level. And this is... Okay, so Volkov is number eight, right? Um, Verdum is number three. So he gets the win tomorrow night and he could be right there in the mix. He could be right there in the mix for a title fight because, like I said, that the heavyweight division is not its not deep. I mean, they're having to make a super fight with DC for Stipe. Because, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Who else? Who else? Um, let me just have a quick gander. I'll give you an example of of kind of how this is going, right? So you've got the champ who's Stipe. Then you've got Alistair Overeem. Then you got Fabricio, who he's facing. Kane, who knows when he's coming back. And number five is Curtis Blades. Right? Number six is Mark Hunt. And number seven is Derek Lewis. So, Volkov beats Verdum. Bang, bang, switch it around. I don't see any reason. I mean, Francis Ngannou, number one ranked. So, what was the thing I just saw? I'm getting two different stats from two different places. Right, so, Stipe Champ, Francis Ngannou won. Alistair Overeem, two. Fabricio Verdum, three. Kane, four. Curtis Blades, fifth. Mark Hunt, sixth. Derek Lewis, seventh. And then the man on the card tomorrow night, Alexander Volkov. I mean, if you look down the list, it's even more kind of like, oof. So I think a win, a win from Volkov tomorrow over Fabricio Verdum, which is not going to be any easy task at all. But in my opinion, it starts to open the conversation up seriously about afterwards, 
you know, after the super fight between DC and Stipe, who's going to fight him next? Are you going to do Alistair? We already did that. Can't do Ngannou again. I don't know how, for the life of me, I don't know how Ngannou's a number one ranked heavyweight. It's, I mean, that's insane to me. Um, so I think he could really be in the running and really be in the conversation. Again, I don't know the status of Kane or what's going on with him. Um, obviously, a guy like Kane gets a shot or he takes a warm-up fight, then gets a shot. Um, but Volkov could do himself a lot of favors if he gets a real nice win over Fabricio tomorrow night in the heavy in the um, in the main event. Um, but when you got a guy like Verdum in front of you, that is a lot easier said than done. But couple factors, right? Age, wear and tear, mother time, all these things. I mean, you're not going to talk about skill unless. Volkov could keep him standing up and use that jab. I could see him causing some problems there, lighten him up a little bit. Um, but, you know, Verdum for being a predominant, you know, jujitsu specialist is all, you know, he's got good boxing. He's got good boxing. He's got good stand-up. He knocked Mark Hunt out, you know, or, you know, clapped him with a knee. Um, but it's his jujitsu that is so scary. However... You look at his record, and he can beat you any way he wants, or any way he chooses, really. I mean, this is a guy who could be, if he makes another run at it, you, you're, you're already talking about one of the best heavyweights in, in mixed martial arts history with Fabricio Verdun. He's beaten fucking everybody, and I mean Everybody. He beat Fedor. And I know we're talking, you know, a couple lifetimes ago. Not really. Uh, he beat him eight years ago. But he fucking submitted him. He has beaten everybody. And we're going way back. Like I said, Verdum's been doing it forever. He beat Gabriel Gonzaga in 2003 in Jungle Fight, okay? But he's beat Overeem. He's beat Fedor, like I said. Um, he beat Fedor's brother. A uh, couple wins over Gonzaga, Mike Kyle, Bigfoot Silva... Um, Fedor, Roy Nelson, Minotaro, Travis Brown, Mark Hunt, uh, Kane Velasquez, Travis Brown, Walt Harris, that was a joke, um, Marcin Tybura in his last fight. And this is littered and peppered with d decisions, knockouts, submissions, like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Fabricio is a fucking veteran and knows how to get it done. That all being said, I hate the stupid fucking duck face he does. And I wish he'd stop that immediately. But from a skill set perspective, I mean, like I said, you're talking about one of the greatest of all time. And the challenge in front of Volkov is, does he have a strategy that's going to be something that 
is going to be A, effective, and B, that is variable enough that Fabricio can't, can't catch on, can't, can't, can't minimize the damage taken. And I think for Volkov, that needs to be keeping Verdum at a distance and lighten him up with his reach, with his strikes. He's got a three-inch reach advantage straight off the bat, but he's also three inches taller, so he's going to fight bigger. And I think with nice front kicks and staying behind the jab, he might be able to keep Verdum off him. That's a lot easier said than done, you know, like I said. But I don't even know what the, I don't even know what the odds are for this fight. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to throw it in. I'm not a... <sighs> I'm a fan of Verdum. You can't not be. You can't not be an MMA guy and a, a fan of MMA and not be a fan of Fabrizio Verdum simply because of, you know, who he is. And I mean, I don't, I'm just looking at their records and I'm like, how the fuck in the world can Alexander Volkov be 29 and six and Fabrizio Verdum be 23, seven and one? That doesn't make any sense to me. Where are they getting these numbers from? This is just hilarious. Um, all of the reach, all of the height, all of the distance advantages would seem to be playing in Volkov's um, favor. He's more active. He's younger. He's got very good defense. Yeah, I'm fucking, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the upset. This has got to be an upset, right? Volkov, I don't know what the betting line is on it, but I'm going to go with Volkov. I don't know why, man. I just think if he can stay away from Verdun, he could potentially light him up. Volkov's a bad motherfucker, man. You can't sleep on him. His last performance, and I know it was against Stefan Struven. Stefan Struven, Fabrizio Verdun are two different caliber of fighters. But I think if he comes with his mind right, he can get it done. So I'm going to go with an upset. And remember, this is five rounds. So this is different than... See, that's a, that's the thing in Fabricio's favor. He's done this before, right? He's been in these championship main event positions before. And I know it's not for a title and it's fucking, you know, UFC fight night in London. But you're still heading up a card and you still got a lot riding on it. Oh, God. Okay, so let's put my name on it. Let's stamp it. Um, I'm going to go with Alexander Volkov. I'm going to go with third round TKO of Fabricio Verdum by ref stoppage, I think. I think he's going to stay behind his jab. I think he's going to do work. <laughs> but then in my head, I get this picture where I'm like, nope, he's going to go. He's going to throw a fucking body kick. Verdum's going to catch it, take him on his ground. He's going to take him to the ground. He's going to choke him out. That's my other opinion of the fight, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it down on Volkov. I'm gonna put it down for Volkov on the uh, on the youth, on the reach, on the size. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Volkov. Unless unless Fabrizio Verdum. Catches a leg kick, takes him to the ground. If if he takes him to the ground, it's over. I I think personally, I just think it's it's a different level down there. Um, yeah, I just think that 
you know, he like Verdun lost to Overeem in a majority decision. Then he got like a gimme fight. I think there was a dropout and they put Walt Harrison, um, you know, Tybura. Okay. You know, he's kind of way down the rankings. Got a unanimous five round decision. So we know he can go to distance, you know, you know, he prepares because he, he prepared when he fought Kane when they went to Mexico City. He got out there real early, not saying that that's even comparable, but I'm just saying that, you know, Verdum always comes to fight. He always sh comes to to show up and do work. <laughs> I'm fucking rethinking it. No, I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to go with third round TKO ref stoppage. Um... Uh, victory to Alexander Volkov. That's what I'm going to do. And there you have it, right? So let's recap it just quickly because I'm not going to stay on here a long time. I just want to give you guys my hits because ultimately what I'm looking forward to, what I'm looking forward to is coming in about two and a half weeks time. And we're going to talk about that just before we sign off. But let me do the rundown for you real quick. UFC Fight Night London on BT Sport. that's this Saturday and it's in London. So we're going to get normal times and this is going to be on at 9 p.m. Boys and girls, the main event's going to be at 9 p.m. The uh, undercard prelims is going to start at quarter to six UK time. So for uh, folks across the pond on the East Coast of America, that's going to be quarter to one for you guys when that kicks off. And then um, 4 p.m. East Coast time for the main event for those guys watching or tuning in from America uh, or the East Coast of America or Canada. Whoever's on that Eastern Coast time, Eastern Standard time, that's your kickoff times. So again, that is uh, 12.45 and uh, 4 p.m. for the main card kicking off for UFC Fight Night in London. My picks. In the, in the main card, I'm going with uh, Edwards. Second round, uh, TKO. I am going with Duke Enois versus Tarion Ware. And I'm going to... Did I say submission in that one? I think I said second round submission in that one. Um... In the co-main event, I'm going with Jimmy Manawa to KO Blakovich, uh, and I think that's going to happen early. So round one, I'm going to pick for that, and then I think you're going to get a third round TKO by Alexander Volkov versus Fabricio Verdum in your main event of the evening. So there you have it. Now, in terms of in terms of what is coming up. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Have we got one coming? Have we got one coming in a couple of weeks' time? April 7th. So what is that, like three weeks from now? We have UFC 223. And I'm just going to very quickly, before I bounce out of here today, give you a rundown of what this card is so you can get your finger out and order this thing um, on pay-per-view in the States or tune in. If you're in the UK or anywhere else in the world, because this, in my opinion, and I got everything crossed, were three 
fucking weeks out. Please stay healthy, boys. Please stay healthy. We've got UFC 223, and if you don't know what's going on with 223, you need to smash your head into a fucking brick wall and wake up because, in my opinion, this is the fight of the year. This is the fight of the year. We got Tony Ferguson. We got Khabib Nurmagomedov. And we got the lightweight title on, on the line, according to Dana White. I mean, I have been waiting for this fucking fight forever. And we've been so heartbroken and let down in the past because it hasn't happened. Guys, I'm not a religious person, but fuck me. If I could pray to something, I'm praying for this to happen. Nobody get hurt. Keep it moving. We got 25 and 3. Tony Ferguson, current interim champ versus 25 and 0. Goddamn destroyer. Khabib Nurmagomedov. What a fight. I'm going to do a full, full breakdown on this. Full breakdown on this. Um, ahead of the event, which again is Saturday, April 7th. In Brooklyn, New York. Ferguson and Khabib. And just to make that more even better, more even better, yeah, we're going all the way ignorant right now. All more even better, <coughs> we got the rematch of Thug Rose Naman Yunus versus Ioana, nobody gonna take this belt from me, Yedjercek. And I don't know how much is down to the weight cut that Ioana suffered, um preparing for that last fight but take nothing away from Rose man she is a bad motherfucker and she's cold as ice and it wasn't like she eked out a victory she whooped Joanna's ass so what is Joanna gonna do to make that right or what can she do to make that right but Rose is a straight psycho killer Calm, dead behind the eyes, focused. Wasn't hearing none of Joanna's shit talking. So that don't work. And that's worked on everybody. So what's she going to do? Whew. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped just talking about those two fights. Boys and girls, we got it all lined up. It's a good old card. Ally Quinta, Paul Felder. My girl Kovalkiewicz is on that, fighting Felice Herrig. We got Michael Chiesa and Anthony Pettis. We got Ray Borg. We got Joe Lozon. Evan Dunham in the motherfucking house. Jesus. And even the prelims don't sound bad, but we got nine good old matchups. Oh, and we got, um, we got Qatar uh, on the co-co-main event, and, uh, and we'll cover him. Uh, because he's uh, he's a real deal kickboxer for sure. Um, it's a bad motherfucking card so far. Can't wait. Fingers crossed. Nothing happens. And we all get there in one piece. Talking to you, Tony. Talking to you, Khabib. Fucking take it easy. I know you're peaking your training right now. But come on, boys. Don't get hurt. Anyways, that is to come in a few weeks' time. We've done the card this weekend in London. Show your love. So... Watch it on BT Sport if you're in the UK. Watch it. 
on Fox Sport, I believe it will be in the US. We need those ratings. We want to see more shows in London. Um, we want to see more MMA fighters on the rise coming out of England, coming out of um, Ireland and Wales and Scotland. We want all of that. And the support that you guys show these international cards is vital to more of them coming, therefore more interest, more investment, more advertising revenue, revenue you know, and, um, you know, more love, more, more things thrive. So, uh, so get behind it guys. It's Saturday night. And if you're not out at the bar, maybe some of these bars are going to show them. I don't know. I'll be home watching it. Um, tune in, tune in. It should be a decent card, at least the main, main card. I don't know what the prelims are going to do. Um, but you know, you never know when the surprises might happen, but there's your breakdown for, the UFC Fight Night London, and I will be back to break down UFC 223 in a couple of weeks' time. But until then, we're going to let you go. Have a great weekend. I hope you tune into the fights and um, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. I'm still waiting for that iTunes confirmation, guys. So as soon as I get it, You'll get it. You'll know about it, and then you can uh, you can divert to iTunes if uh, if SoundCloud isn't the one for you. Apologies for my cats trying to kill each other in the background. If you can hear any of that nonsense, um, but that's it, guys. Off for the weekend. So um, I hope you guys have a great time. Good luck to all the fighters at the card. If you're going, enjoy the event, and uh, until next time, all the best, guys.